Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Also, if you sign up for the email list, and this, it's been this way for, I think, a year or maybe even longer than that, uh, it should direct you to the page where the uh, Biblical Hebrew for Beginners is. So if you're interested in that at all, you can access this, access it that way. It's something I forget to mention often. Today, we are looking for some wisdom and some encouragement to start our week. We're looking at four different psalms today, Psalm 11, 12, 13, and 14, because they're all less than eight verses. So we're going to look at all four of those today. There's some famous thoughts and verses in here. Uh, and then there's a verse that I've been pondering on for years and wondering, well, what is the answer? And that is uh, if you, Psalm 11, the very first one we're going to read today. The third verse says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And that's an interesting question given the situation we find ourselves in, where the foundations are being destroyed. Foundations be destroyed. What can the righteous do? Hmm. And we're also going to look at Proverbs. And we're going to be reading Proverbs chapter 12 today, which is, again, more contrast righteous versus wicked. How does God deal with it? How does He respond to it? Uh, one of the main focuses in today's Proverbs that you, I think you'll see is number one, God can't stand lying and deceit. Number two, those who are slothful and lazy and refuse to work and work with their hands, their reward is poverty. So there's blessing in hard work, not being lazy, and there's curse in being lazy and doing nothing and so forth and so on. That's the one of the themes I think you'll see if you pay attention as we read Proverbs chapter 12. All right. So the stage is set. Let's have a look, see if we can get some wisdom and some encouragement to start our week this morning. Starting with Psalm 11. These are all a Psalm of David. King James Bible, verse 1. In the Lord put I my trust. How say you to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked, and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, his countenance doth behold the upright. So David's saying the wicked, they, they pull their bow. In other words, they're looking, they're aiming for a righteous person to destroy, to try to harm. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous even do about it? But, but the Lord is in his holy temple. 
He's sitting on the throne. Again, who sits on the throne? It's God. Not Satan. Not an evil man. His eyes look around. He hateth the soul. Listen. God hates things. People try to act like he doesn't. The Lord trieth the righteous. In other words, he tests the righteous in, in those kind of things to get us in the right place. But the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. God hates the soul of those who love violence and the wicked, according to the psalm here. That's hard for people to deal with, that God could hate a person. God, the Bible says that God hates liars and lying tongues. There's a lot of things that are an abomination to the Lord that he hates. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked shall rain fire and brimstone and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. All right. Psalm 12. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for their faithful fail from among the children of men. Right there. There's a there's something that I feel like we could all pray today, right? Help, Lord. Why? Uh, because there's not much righteous left, right? Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity, verse 2. Everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and with a double heart, do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said with our tongues, well, we, we will prevail, our lips are our own. Who is the Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from that, from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. How true is that? Look at what's happened. The most vile and disgusting human beings have been exalted. We praise them. We, we worship them. We celebrate them. But when, when your culture gets to a place where it's celebrating that and exalting wicked people, then be prepared for the, to be completely surrounded by wickedness. That's what it's saying here. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Psalm 13. How long will thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. 
my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Seven more verses, Psalm 14. This will sound familiar if you're familiar with the book of Romans. Verse 1, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge? Who eat up my people as they eat bread and call upon the Lord and not and call not upon the Lord? There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. You have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. So let's go back to verses 2 and 3. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. And that should be a familiar passage for Christians, even if you haven't studied the Psalms much, because Paul quotes it in Romans chapter 3. Now, as much as I would love to cover all of Romans chapter 3 right now, because, man, starting with verse 1, there's wisdom there that people just have forgotten in today's age. And it's like, well, let's just throw this chapter out to make our doctrines work. Go look at it yourselves. Maybe we'll get into Romans sometime soon. Starting with verse 9 in the book of Romans chapter 3. What then... Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both the Jews and Gentile that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Paul's trying to make the point that there's no advantage by being a Jew or of being circumcised. In fact, we're all under the same sin. In fact, there's not a single person that's actually good that seeks after God, right? That's what Romans chapter 3 starts with. What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? He's asking the question. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Again, I don't have time to get into all of Romans. But the point is, there's none that seek after God. There's none that on their own are looking and seeking after God. 
If you are, it's because God has drawn you to himself. There's no benefit in your bloodline. There's no benefit in the filthy rags that are the works that you have done. That's the point that I believe believe is being made. Again, we'll look into that some other time. But that's where Paul is getting this idea. That there's none that seek God. That there's none that do good. That no, not one. He's pulling that from Psalm 14. All right. Let's transition and get into Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12. Again, it's a contrast between righteousness and wickedness. If you listen closely, you'll hear that God is not too fond of lying and deceit and that it, in the end, it doesn't pay. He's also not fond of laziness and slothfulness. That's what we were just talking about the Apostle Paul. He says, if you don't work with your hands, you don't eat. There's truth to that. What you see happening right now, where large percentages of the population are just sitting at home playing Xbox while a small percentage of this uh, population goes into the workforce and that's unsustainable. That's unsustainable. It won't last forever. In fact, it probably won't last much longer. Okay. Getting off into some rabbit trails here. Let's continue on. Chapter 12, Proverbs, verse 1. Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. But he that hateth reproof is brutish. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. A man shall not establish by wickedness, but the root of righteous shall shall not be moved. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. The words of the wicked are to lie and wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are not, but the house of the righteous shall stand. A man shall... Be condemned according to his wisdom, but he that is in perver- he, he that is of a perverse heart shall be despised. He that is despised and hath a servant is better than he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. That's a loaded that's a loaded statement there. He that is despised, so someone who's not very well liked, and hath a servant. But he's worked hard, he has servants, you know, so he's doing okay. Is better than he that honoreth himself and lacketh bread. So the guy who's despised and has servants and has made a living for himself is better than the person praising himself, prideful and arrogant, and yet lacks bread, lacks basic needs. Like, what are you so proud about? Verse 10, a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Hmm. So a righteous person even cares about the well-being of his animals, right? Like if he has a cow or whatever, like he cares about the comforts and the well-beings of that beast. That's That's how a righteous person is. But the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. 
So the wicked are so wicked and so cruel. And this is any human being who lacks God. Even when they're merciful, they're cruel. Verse 12. The wicked desire the net of evil men, but the root of righteous yieldeth fruit. The wicked is snared by the transgressions of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. A man shall be satisfied with good by fruit of his mouth, and recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But they that deal truly are his delight. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduces them. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of the diligent man is precious. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. And that, my friends, is the end of Proverbs Chapter 12, in the end of our study for this morning, I hope you've gotten some wisdom. Hopefully you've gotten some encouragement. I pray that these words have caused you to draw closer to the Lord and hopefully help set your week uh, to be encouraged. It's, you know, we talk about this almost every Monday. It's difficult right now. It's difficult. But you have to believe that the words of God are true. Right? Let God be true and every man a liar. He's looking. He's watching. He's paying attention. The promises are that the righteous will inherit the earth. The wicked are falling right now. It looks like they're rising, but they're actually... They're actually laying the net. They're laying the snare. They're laying the trap. They're laying... They're digging the pit for which they will themselves fall and what will rise to the top is going to be actually I'm just going to pull this up real quick I'm not going to give a huge commentary on it, I just want to read it to you and I want you to think about it Hebrews chapter 12 verse 26 through 29 
and his voice shook the earth then. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of things which can be shaken, as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Listen to this again. This expression yet once more denotes the removing of things which can be shaken as of created things. So right now, I think that's what we're, we're seeing something like this, right? The things that can be shaken that are not built on the foundation, on the cornerstone that is Christ, they can be shaken. They're things created by men. Those things are being removed right now. They're being shaken up. Why? So that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let's show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Things are being shaken right now. They're being shaken so that they can be removed, so that the things that cannot be shaken, the church, the true believer, those who have built their foundation on rock and not on sinking sand, may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. In light of that, the writer here is saying, let's... let's Treat God with reverence and awe. After all, he is a consuming fire. There's your verse to think on for this week. Thanks for listening, friends. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.